And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course, and it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. We continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope, and we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hello, Tour Story listeners. Thank you for your continued support, and welcome to Season 4. I'd like to take a second to thank our friends and sponsors over at Isotope. Here at Ruinous, Chris and I rely heavily on easy-to-use tools like RX and Ozone for all of our audio repair, mixing, and mastering. Now, Tour Story listeners can get 10% off Isotope plugins or try Music Production Suite Pro for free for 30 days using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. To get your discount and check out all of their easy-to-use products, go to isotope.com slash ruinous. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com slash ruinous. And use code FRET10. And thank you for listening. Hi, Anand. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, actually. Where are you? I'm in my home studio in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. Bed-Stuy? Yes, Bedford-Stuyvesant. How's Bed-Stuy feel these days? Pandemic, uh, vaccination levels, infection levels, etc.? Um, I don't know. You know, everybody that I, everyone on the block that I talk to is vaccinated, so... Mm-hmm. I'm sure that uh, my drug dealer is not vaccinated, but that's that's okay. No? That's that's his choice. <laughs> and 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 yes, he does work in a hospital. It does. <laughs> does oh, what's that noise in the back? Is that oh god? That's uh, that's my good friend huh. Ryan, oh, aka Ho- Honus Honus. Yeah, I mean, is there going to be video with this thing? Uh, there's no video. This oh, is a. No, there's no video. Oh, we're just looking at each other on video. No. Yeah. 
he he's been in uh he's been in in New York, yeah, in Manhattan for the last two weeks. And uh I've been trying to get him to hang out. And then I told him I was doing this podcast and he said, Oh, I'll be right over so I can sabotage oh, yeah. it. <laughs> Jesus. Ryan. Hey, uh, in all fairness, I was heading home and I had to pee very badly. He peed all over me. I peed all, all over, over the, the toilet seat. Very badly. Um, well, Ryan, what a surprise. Yes, my brother. Wait, you guys know each other, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're brothers. Yep. From the same mother. From the same mother. <laughs> did you guys ever have, you guys ever argue about music? No, because I don't listen to music. Did Did you ever say like, I don't think you know, so. there has to be a cymbal crash right there. And Ryan, you said, uh, no, if you oh, played that. Yeah, we yeah. argued, Joe wants to put Shaker on everything. Yeah. On everything. So we have argued about that. Yeah, and Ryan wants to actually sing from the first second to the last second of every song, even though he has to share singing responsibilities with Nick. Oh. Is that true? That's not true. Yeah. You're just trying to true. start something. It took a podcast I'm for not. him to get that out. No, no. No. But Joe, uh, Nick, Joe, you want to yeah. chime in? <laughs> God, I wish. Yeah, that'd be We'd incredible. win. I saw him like a week or so ago. Yeah, I know. I heard that. I played he, basketball with his people in L.A. Um, Anand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. What'd you do over the pandemic? Oh, I made a record. You did? I took care of children, you know. Uh-huh. Um, which, you know, my policy is like try to just ignore them and stay out of their way. Feed them occasionally. God bless the television. Yeah. How old are your kids? I have a nine-year-old. She's back there watching mm -hmm. TikTok or something. Yeah. And then I have a four-year-old. All right. Yep. So you're all jammed in the house for a year and a half? Yeah. And actually, for part of the quarantine, on my birthday, the ceiling in my master bedroom, the bedroom that I sleep in with my wife, collapsed. So that was right on my birthday, May 5th, 2020. So then we actually all slept in a little guest bedroom that's very tiny. So we're, we're a tight-knit family, and that's, that's, it's, it's okay with us to all sleep in the same bed. And we kind of still do. <laughs> we do. Do you guys sleep in the same bed right now? No. No? No. You're strict about that? She's in a, yeah, she's in a crib. Yeah. What happens with the babies is that they get into they get in cribs and then once they start walking then they climb out of the crib and then they climb into your bed. And That's right. Unless you're like French or um, really strict about that. I snore, unfortunately, and so that would keep the baby awake because she's a light sleeper. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, do the French uh, not let their children sleep in their beds? Oh no 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 man no they, because they let of... them smoke in the beds. Yes. <laughs> oh, cute. Speaking of smoking, did you pick up any weird habits over the pandemic? I stopped smoking weed during the pandemic. Oh, why? Um, because I, I have a, my, my like normal brain vibrations are pretty, pretty dull and uninteresting. Um, mm -hmm. I can attest to that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I usually indulge in the cannabis to kind of make things a little more terrifying. And during a global pandemic... I didn't want to increase any of the anxiety that was already underlying, you know. Um, but yeah, I did a lot, you know, also just for finishing up an album on my own. I used to smoke a lot of weed with the band to cope with all the negative vibes, you know, um, and to, to get some other interesting ideas. I worked for the Beatles. Yeah. And, uh, and with this one, I was like, you know what? Give yourself a little reward. How about finish your fucking album, 
on your own. Take it from start to finish um, and then see if you want to get back into this thing. And did you make it all right there in your house? I did. About halfway through, uh, an old friend of mine was like, send me some of the stuff that you're working on. And I sent it to him. And in about 30 minutes, he returned a mix that sounded better than what I had been laboring over for months and months. Really? Yeah. So from that point on, I was like, okay, I'm not a mixing engineer. And it was a wonderful collaboration because he would just, you know, keep encouraging me, make another song, write another song, keep going, send me some stuff, you know. He would always tell me that something sounded like fish and then I'd have to start again, you know, that kind of thing. Why would you start again? (laughs) That's when you know you're on the money. (laughs) Yeah, keep that template. Did you play drums on this record? I did. And did you record the drums right there where you're sitting? I did, yeah. All right. Do you want to know my, about my drum technique? Yeah, sure. So w- one of the key things with recording this album was I got the Logic Remote on my iPhone. Yeah. So with the Logic Remote, you connect via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth or whatever, and then you can just hit record. So instead of hitting record at the desk and then running over to the drums, I could you know, set all the different record, arm all the tracks, and then go over to the drums and hit record. And I did that with all the different instruments. But my drum technique was I would do kick, snare, and toms in one take. And I'd probably do about seven takes of it. And then I would do on another take hi-hats and cymbals. You would? Yeah. And then a lot of comping, which to the sure. to the layman is taking bits and pieces from different takes. Right. I love messed up drum fills, so... You right, know. so you can just put those in anywhere you want. Just pop you want. those in, yeah. Yeah. And you don't have some bleeding uh, hi-hat or cymbal that's messing it up, you know? Yeah, those bloody hi-hats and cymbals. Yeah, but I guess real drummers have to have to play the hi-hat to keep time, right? No, I made a Cold War Kids record without playing any cymbals or hi-hats. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're almost as good at, as me at drums in that case. Uh, almost. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing is I like to compose while I'm doing it. And so, oh, well, actually, the fill, let's slide that fill over there, you know. Yeah. But hopefully I'll get a real drummer to play with me live. You, you couldn't tell it wasn't a real drummer playing, right? Did you listen to the record? No, you didn't hear it. You did hear it. Hear the I've song. listened to the entire record a bunch of times. You have listened to the entire record? Yeah. Oh, did it sound, you're like, I could tell that this. <laughs> no, no, it's, it sounds no, great. Just, just I, I, so... That thought never crossed my mind. Right. He didn't get past. He didn't get past. Like, who? What's this guy whining about in all these songs? <laughs> <laughs> Have you played any of these songs live yet? Either with yeah, the band so, or so. So the one instrument type of instrument that I didn't use was like a woodwind or brass at all on this record. Uh-huh. So my concept for live is I got this guy Walter Fancourt who used to play in this band called Reptar. Oh yeah. And uh, now he plays in this band called Super Yamba Band, and he makes all his own stuff. So anyway, I, I just I asked him if he wanted to play, and he brought over his baritone sax, his tenor sax, his uh, bass clarinet, his flute, and I'm just playing piano, and then he's adding a little... We're figuring out, you know, it, it, sometimes he's harmonizing with my vocals, sometimes he's coming up with brand new riffs, and it's so exciting to just completely ignore the way that I recorded the songs and come up with something 
brand new for the live set. And this, and it's so song-oriented that they're, they're still recognizable. It's not like when I play them for my wife, she's like, what song is that? You know, she knows yeah. exactly what it is. I'm just, instead of playing the mountain dulcimer, I'm playing the drone on the piano. It turns out piano is, is a versatile instrument. Yeah, maybe the most versatile. Maybe the most versatile. And, and I haven't even brought a drummer in because I want the drums to be just like the cilantro that you add at the end of a dish, a little salt, mm-hmm. a, you know, uh, a little, what else? What do you, what do you, what do your people put on the dish at the end? Sugar. Sugar. A little sugar, <laughs> you know, not this foundational thing that you need for like dance music. Cause this is kind of anti-dance music, even though I, I dance to it. When are you going to play some live shows? I think I have a date set in Austin in, in the middle of December like December 11th. And that'll be your first time you've played any of the songs off of I Don't Know My Words? Yes, that'll be the first time. Yeah. I think, hopefully just piano, this woodwinds guy, and drummer. Yeah. All right. It's called a power trio, or a weak trio. Yeah. (laughs) It's sounding really sweet. I mean, I'm really enjoying it. I'm like playing my songs, and it's just piano, vocal, and a dude ripping on the flute. And it's exactly what <laughs> I would want. Exactly what I would want to see at a show. <laughs> Is uh, piano or keyboard your primary instrument? No, I grew up playing cello. Actually, oh yeah. And then in Yesayer, I played guitar mostly. I'm the guitarist from Yesayer. Oh, he is. Yeah. I think Jason Foster asked me to be the drummer of Yesayer. No way, really? Yeah. I said no. You said <laughs> <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> No, you said, you said I, uh, no to Jason I, Foster. Oh my god! I wanted to actually, and but I couldn't. I mean, I I was looking for ways to see if I could audition for Yesayer, but I couldn't. There was no time. What era was that? I don't know. I have no idea. Ten years ago? Yeah, probably before. Maybe the, that probably would have been before Odd Blood, when we had Ahmed and J Tram drumming with us. Good the drum duo. parts. Good duo. The drum parts were so complicated, we needed two drummers. Uh, do we want to talk about my vasectomy? If you want to, we can. Did that happen over the pandemic? I guess it happened in June. It, the pandemic is ongoing, right? So anything that's happened since, yes. m- like, what, January of 2020 is happened during the pandemic? To right now, yeah. Why'd you get a vasectomy? And you know you can get it reversed if you change your mind in Texas. Um... I got a vasectomy so that I wouldn't have any more children. Oh. Yeah. And my my dad had a vasectomy, so it's actually in the, the family business. Um, He's very fertile. Like, I won't shake his hand. Yeah, yeah. I'm afraid I'll have two hands on <laughs> one hand. And uh, I actually, did you know I wrote a song on this album about vasectomy? It's called Half Brother, and it's about how my dad donated a bunch of sperm before he got his vasectomy. And he got his vasectomy when he was 33 years old. But anyway, so through 23 and me, I found out that I have a half-brother. You did? From sperm donations. Nothing nefarious. Are you interested in finding this half-brother? I met him. He's oh, a, you have? Yeah, oh. I, we've gone, we went to see Kinky Boots together. Is he a pale skin? He's a full white, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he loves karaoke, just like I do. And he loves mm-hmm. musicals. And uh, Do you look at all alike? We look alike. He really looks like my dad. And when he came over to the house and then left, my wife and I both looked at each other and thought, 
she was like, it felt like your dad was here. He had the same oh, wow. kind of energy and he's kind of quiet hmm. and soft-spoken and gentle spirit, you know. What is the uh, age difference? One year. One year. One year, yeah. So he, the, the, the way it happened was my aunt and cousin were on 23andMe and they saw, my aunt saw that she had a nephew and my cousin mm-hmm. saw that she had a new cousin and they thought it was, oh, you know, grandpa must have been sleeping around or something. And then my, she talked to my dad and my dad said, oh, well, how old is he? Oh, he's, you know, 35, 36, whatever it was. And uh, where, is he, where does he live? Oh, he lives outside of Baltimore. Oh, it's probably from my sperm donations. <laughs> and that was the first time we all heard, heard about the sperm donations? No, I, I... Okay. My dad told me, I remember, you know, driving around Baltimore when you have your learner's permit. And my dad saying to me, you know, just so you know, um, before I got my vasectomy, um, I made some sperm donations at uh, the hospital over here. I think we were probably driving by the hospital. Um, and I always thought that it was like you donate into a, into a cup and then it gets put into a refrigerator and then God knows if they use it or not, right? Right. But no, it's not that. It's, okay, this lady's ready. She's at her mo- most fertile. Come to the hospital right now. It's 9 a.m. Fill up this cup, and we're going to inject this hot sperm right into her right now. Huh. Oh. Yeah. I never knew. Yeah. What's a sperm bank, then? I think that does ha- that's kind of more like the Simpsons version, where Barney is going to the sperm bank, right? And he's just, everyone's coming out, and they're all burping. I've never been to a <laughs> burping. <laughs> right? You remember yeah. the... All the babies are like, bah. <laughs> I, I burp every time I donate. <laughs> but I, when I got the vasectomy, it was kind of like a, it, you know, I, I took a Valium. That's what she, she prescribed, a Valium. Took it about half an hour beforehand. Um, and you're awake the whole time. Oh, that's scary. Yeah. And then the, the one nurse was like, I love doing vasectomies. <laughs> she was very active. She said, I love surgery. And there was another nurse there who I think was, I think she was just like there as comic relief or something because she was just giggling the whole time and laughing like why. She was laughing like, I don't know why anyone would ever do something like this. And I, the, the doctor must have known that I was a little bit of a freak because she was like, would you like to see your vas deferens? And I was like, well, yes, I would. Yeah. I, maybe because I told her that I had a friend who had had a botched vasectomy and she was like, oh, I got to, you know, make this guy chill out or whatever. About So she pulled out the fast deference and showed it to me like a steak being presented at a, at a fancy restaurant, you know, before they slice it up to prove to you that they're presenting the whole steak. You know, it's not just scraps. And uh, she pulls it out and it's like this little, it's this tube that's just, it looks like a plastic tube, you know? And... Then she started, she was like, okay, now you can, you can go back down. But it really, it felt like a, the, have you done Valium before? I don't know. Yeah, I've taken Valium before. It just, it it felt very like kind of chill 60s sex party. Um, Except I was getting my, my tubes tied. (laughs) My, uh, my buddy in Philly rode his bike to his vasectomy. And he rode his bike home. (laughs) And he went dancing. That's an episode of It's Always Sunny. You're no, it's true. Lying. He went dancing and he thought he was sweating a lot. He went to the bathroom and he had torn out his stitches. So his, his underwear was just filled with blood. But uh. fortunately, he went dancing with two like doctors and they were all drunk. So they went to their hospital. They got needle and thread. And they went back to his house and stitched up his balls on his kitchen table. 
Hmm. Well, that's a better story than my vasectomy story. No, it's not. It's yeah. different. I did buy this piano here in a yeah in a oxycontin induced stupor the next day. Really? Uh, yes. Are you happy with your purchase? I'm very happy with my purchase, but I texted the guy. I was like, you know what? I thought this vasectomy was gonna lay me out, but I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. Let me come <laughs> buy this piano. And I dropped a huge check, and then driving back from his, you know, piano showroom or whatever. Then I started to tell my wife, like, oh, can you stop hitting all the potholes in, oh, yeah. in the road? Oh, right. God. Did if you, you if, freeze any sperm? Just in case? Um, just in case what? <laughs> just in case the society is like, yeah. <laughs> we, we need, need sperm. People. We need sperm. That Anand guy's got the best. We got to put it with all the seeds. <laughs> <laughs> We're out of people. We need more people. We need more people. This asshole already has two kids. <laughs> so, Can we get him to b- spawn more? You could have just said no. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's he's in this he's in this new new dad thing, and I have to hit him with a little dose of reality. <laughs> yeah. You know when you when you first have kids, you're like, oh, I made this this such a special decision. I didn't you know? have that. I made <laughs> That's this, not what I. I made this special decision, and I. I, I'm ready now. I'm ready to do this. And then you have the kids and you're like, oh, fuck. I'm just one, another schmuck with a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just, it's the most ordinary thing you can possibly yeah, do. I yeah. I wasn't nervous about having a kid, but, you know, they always tell you when you have a kid, oh, my life suddenly has purpose and meaning. And I, I'm still waiting for that. Because I feel like I already had that. So now I just have a kid. Your life already right. had purpose and meaning? Yeah, yeah. yeah now yeah, I just yeah. have a rad kid. Yeah. That's anyway. cool. Yeah, it just added. Yeah. Radness was added. Yep. Um, as I said, I've listened to I Don't Know My Words yes. quite a few times. That's great. I'm glad. It's a great record. Thanks, man. Um, I didn't pay attention to the half-brother lyrics, and now I double will. I have one question regarding your half-brother, though, just to to sew up the incision on this conversation. Did he have a vasectomy? Did he? Yeah. I don't think so. No. Not that I know of. Just wondering. Did he donate sperm? He is gay. So, mm-hmm. I don't think he's worried about getting a getting anyone pregnant. Woman pregnant. Getting a woman pregnant, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I want to play Delirium Passes for the people, because no one's going to be able to see you until December in Austin, right? I think so, yeah. Unless I do some surprise mm-hmm. secret thing or right. something, you know. Well, in, tell in people. In Oaxaca. In <laughs> Oaxaca. Yeah. Um, okay, let's, I'm going to play this tune. Here it okay. goes. Secrets left no more lies 
I think that's my favorite song on the record. The the, the single? Yeah. Oh, well, then we made a good choice, I guess, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Oh, good. I know that you made this entire record all alone in your space with help mixing. Um, but what I really love about this song is the video. Tell me about your video. So, let's see. So, the guy that directed it, his name is Derek Howard. And I met him through my friend Chris Klein, who opened up for Yesair a bunch of times. Um Anyway, they're like kind of part of this Berlin art scene and met him a couple years ago and I helped him to score this long art piece that he had made a video for. And he was like, you know, if you ever want to make a music video, I've got some film. Let's do something on film. And I was like, oh, yes, let's do something on film. This is great. And he wrote up a treatment and... I was like, okay, this is okay, this is pretty good, but let's let's make it really crazy. And I told him how I got this line from this song, Delirium Passes. I got it from this James Joyce short story called The Boarding House from Dubliners. Oh, The Dubliners is like, it's a bunch of stories, It's right? a bunch of stories. Yeah, I didn't... I didn't read it in Dubliners. Um, I read it in this kind of compendium of short stories that I have. That you know, whenever yeah. I'm like, you should really try to l- learn how to read again. I flip through <laughs> it and take notes. Yeah. So I got this phrase, "Delirium passes from it," and then he said, "Oh, should we just adapt this short story for this music video?" So I kind of left the room. He read the short story. He also didn't understand it. So we had to look it up, basically the online Cliff's Notes. Sure. And we. F- <laughs> And then we started kind of talking about it, and uh, we learned, uh, which I totally missed, is that we learned that she has a job in the corn factory. So that, oh. yeah, so she has, she gets a job in the corn factory. It's really all about this mother who runs this boarding house. They get away from the butcher very early in the story. It's like mm-hmm. the, the mother gets away from the, the foreman at the butcher factory who had threatened her. It's like he'd, he'd threatened her with a cleaver, you know, and she left and okay. she got out. And then she's running this boarding house, and her daughter has a has a run of the men at the boarding house. And my character in the music video is Duran, and I think he shows up later on in other James Joyce short stories, you know. And yeah. I think we misread that he worked at the corn factory, and that's how they met, and that's what led mm-hmm. to the music video. I don't think he does, though. I think he works <laughs> for like a beer company or something like that. I don't know. Um, but it was just a it was just a jumping off point, right? And then we wanted to do something that was kind of broad and vaudevillian and smash the patriarchy thing. So I was like, oh, you know, I've got this great book called Princess Smarty Pants. It's by Babette Cole. And it's uh, this great little story about this princess who uh, her parents try to force her to get married. And she keeps pushing away all these suitors until finally Prince Charming, he does everything right. And then, so, you know, you think you're going to have to, she's going to have to marry this guy, but then she kisses him and he turns into a gigantic warty toad. Oh. Okay. So that's toad. But then the director is really into Buffo. Do you know what Buffo is? I do. Okay. So Buffo is this psychedelic drug that I think it's from... So I think it's a Colorado River toad, Buffo alvarius, I believe it's called. So he has done this many times. The actual process of taking this drug is the toad, you know, emerges from the muck or whatever, and then uh, is milked. You get the poison out. If you actually were to lick the 
poison, you would probably die, you know. And so they, you actually spread it out onto a sheet of glass, I think, dry it out, and then scrape it off, and then smoke it in various... And he's like, you know, this last time I did it, I did a bit much bigger dose. And so he's a better person to talk about what it's like. But the falling back in the video is something that actually happens. You smoke it, and then you, it's like a trust fall, and you fall back, and you have this very short trip. I think it's only an hour and a half long or something like that, maybe less. Um, so we knew we wanted to end it with this this trip sequence where she would realize that she doesn't want to get married, even though she's been forced by society and her dad, who's this overbearing butcher character. And then he's been forced by this priest, which is the same character. You know, it's this dual actor kind of situation with Ben Sinclair. And for his trip, my character's trip, he realizes that he does want to get married to this woman, that she's great, even though, you know, she's of a lower status than he is, you know. Um, and he realized that he wants to go through it. She says, no, I'm out of here. And that's basically it. And of course, there's like all it. these, a lot of people have making a lot of other interpretations of it, like some kind of uh, vegan, there's a vegan interpretation. There's a, there's the Marxist interpretation where they are, you know, the, the factory workers trying to start a uh, classless society where the workers have the power, that kind of thing. Um, so... It's open to interpretation, but that's that was the that was the idea. That's part of the beauty of it. I think it is. It keeps you wondering. I've watched it quite a few times, and it's funny to interpret it a lot of different ways because it's not confusing. I'm not coming up with the word, but it it, it keeps you interested because right, especially at the end, you can go like, wait, did it do this or did it do that? You and know? someone someone told me like, oh, I thought that the butcher was married to her. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's like he's trying to I could see that he's he's trying to ask her to invite this other dude into their marriage and do kind of a thruple thing. Uh, right. That works, too. But I mean, making this music video was so fun, like because it was, you know, just coming up with the concept from the beginning and then hustling to get, you know, got to get that. The, the locket is actually the album cover. You, you know, yeah, that, I right? noticed that. Yeah. So just just having to run around town and get get a photo printed is very difficult. <laughs> um where did you shoot it we shot it mostly in wackabuck at this house that's run by the two eds uh a father and son run this airbnb we were actually the first people to stay at this airbnb but it was a lot less expensive than renting a studio to shoot and we Mm -hmm. shot the shit out of it. i mean the self-flagellation scene that was like out by this old mill that's my favorite yeah that that seems to be that is really funny Everybody's and favorite, fun. and it's and, a corn. You know, it's corn, right? That I'm yeah, myself. I yeah, do. yeah. I, do. <laughs> um, I also, without giving it away, let's call it the water scene. The water scene where, where you're in the water. Oh yes, okay. That is beautiful, and I want people to see it for the first time. So I don't want to explain it exactly. Okay. It well, it's already looks... it's it's out. Okay. Where'd you do that? So the the water. And the rock cliff, that was a quarry, and that was a beaver pond on this one road that I would drive anytime I would have to drive from my this little shack that we have upstate to the laundromat. And I saw out of the corner of my eyes, what is that neon green swamp over there? Um, so it's just this beaver pond, you know, it's disgusting, but kind of Tarkovsky-esque, I'd say. Did the neon green of the pond influence the color of that suit because that's a good combination yes i thought about that when i was getting the suit although you know i recently was watching what's the 
John Waters' female trouble. And there's a guy in that that's wearing the exact same suit. So I was like, okay, oh, we really? the right choice. Yeah, it's like blue with the pink shirt. Nice Baltimore drop. It also looks a little bit like a Nick Thorburn suit, right? Yeah. I wanted to look like a talk show host from the 80s or something, you know? Yeah. Well, it looks great. Yeah, you know, I wanted to make something that wasn't just some bullshit of me playing my instrument or something, you know, where it's just cutting between a couple setups, you know? You have to have a story so that people want to watch all the way to the end, you know? You know, I, I, all this talk of the video, I, I think I'm going to jump on my bike right now and ride into Manhattan and watch this in my Airbnb. Again. Watch it again. You watch it again and again. That's yeah, my that's my sign off. Okay, bye Ryan. Bye. It was an it was a nice surprise. You're a great disruptor. All right. Well, that was what fun. A guy. What, what a, a guy. guy. What a guy. Well, I love the video. Thanks, man. I yeah, it's like you got to have something that makes people catches people's eyes, you know? Well, I'm still struggling with how do how do you get outside of your your bubble of influence, you know? Right. My my old bandmate, who I don't really talk to that much, but he, he even he texted me and said, "Great video." <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's timeless. Yeah, I, the 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 note that I had for the editor was after we saw the rough footage, I was like, "Can you make it look like a big red commercial?" <laughs> nice. <laughs> um. So when does the record come out? Um. So they said 2022. The guy who mixed it, he was like, "I bet they're going to push it forward." No one can wait four months for a, for a record, you know. For a masterpiece. For this masterpiece. Uh, any new music entered your life lately? It doesn't have to be new music. It could be old music that's new to you. Anything you can't stop listening to? Yeah, I can't stop listening to Gary Stewart. Do you know Gary Stewart? I have no idea who that is. So this friend of mine, who, who may be playing drums with me on the next live thing, he listened to my album and he was like, have you heard Gary Stewart? And I, I started listening to Gary Stewart, and he basically does the divorce fantasy thing a million times better than I do. But it's it's really good riffs, really good. it's it's country music, you know. It's like late seventies. Uh-huh. Um, but if you if you get the Gary Stewart essential, it's a good window into his sound. I think you'd be pretty into it. All um, right, I'll check it out. Out of hand, single again. Um, have you heard Here, My Dear, Marvin Gaye's divorce no. record? Oh, my good it's God. Good. It's perfect. Well, I'll let you go here. Thanks for talking to yeah, me. I appreciate it. I, I have one more question for you. Yeah, yeah. What are you looking forward to in the next year, eight months? I just want this vasectomy pain to go away. No, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, you know, I, uh, God, I, I'm, I'm looking, I, I think I'm nervous about it, but I am looking forward to playing some shows. I think it'd be really fun to do something on my own and it'd be great if you could like, you know, parlay this, this love for the music video into someone being like, that guy's got ideas here. How about a hundred thousand dollars to make another music video, you know? And that would be so much fun. So I'd love to make another music video. And then I really need to get cracking on making new songs because, it's all about what's what's next, you know? And you're up against people on TikTok that are posting things every day that are, you know, very entertaining. <laughs> right. Well, uh, it was nice to meet you and nice yeah, to talk nice. to you. Yeah, nice. I can't, it's fun I can't to believe... have Ryan there for a sec. I hope to meet you in person sometime yeah, and, thank... and see these new songs played live. I liked this trio idea. Yeah, it's going to be good. I think it's going to be cool. All right. Well, if you do travel, travel safe. Okay. Thank you. And, you um, too. 
Oh. I hope to meet you in person sooner yeah. than later. All right. Take care. All right, man. Bye. Bye.